on the Big 12 Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, this is Big 12 This Week. Kansas has to eliminate their turnover issues. The only official Big 12 radio show. Oklahoma has three guys who can score who picks up the slack after that. This could be an amazing run for Baylor. Big 12 This Week is brought to you by... Prime Sport, the go-to source for your premium game day experience at the Big 12 Men's Basketball Championships. Natty Light Seltzer. This basketball season, Natty Light Seltzer is crashing the party hard. Academy Sports and Outdoors, official sporting goods and outdoor retailer of the Big 12 Conference. Philip 66, live to the full. Also by Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. Live from the Learfield IMG College Network Studios, here's your host, Bill Pollock. And we actually take the show on the road. We're at Sprint Center in Kansas City, site of the Big 12 Men's Basketball Tournament, uh, along with the women who are just down the road at Municipal Auditorium. And uh, this is a little bit of a different uh, format. This is more of a podcast style. Now, it's an advantage for you, the listener. Uh, no commercial breaks. So we're just going to free flow and just kind of go with it. And we'll talk. And when we run out of things to say, then we'll uh, we'll sign off on it. But we are drinking Dr. Pepper, <laughs> even though there's no commercial breaks. So. Right. There, there you we go. go. Yeah, <laughs> we've got live reads and Dr. Pepper. Very, very nice. Yeah. Leave it to the guy from Waco to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Love Dr. Pepper. That is John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears. And joining me uh, on this first, I guess, segment, uh, not really a segment, <laughs> but the first portion of this podcast is Brian Haney from the Kansas Jayhawks, the voice of the Jayhawks, who broke on our regular Big 12 This Week show, broke the news that the NCAA is shutting out fans for the tournament. Now, that's the entire tournament, or have you been able to, to follow up? I mean, this is I've all fluid as we're doing I've been working the hard all day, <laughs> Adam Schefter style, and then just read a notification off my screen, and I happen to be on the air with you. But, yeah, this is, this is all tournament games. It was great. Which is unbelievable. It really it's is. It's hard to wrap your mind around what it would be like to be in a Final Four with no pageantry, pomp and circumstance, no concerts, no parades, none of that hoopla that goes into it. We may see it this week here in Kansas City. You know, it was kind of eerie walking in to sit down and do this interview 30 minutes ago. There is the normal basketball courts outside in the Power and Light District set up, a couple of bouncing balls, but not the normal downtown energy. This place could turn into a ghost town. We're still awaiting to hear what the Big 12 is going to do. But just imagine March Madness without all the hoopla that normally surrounds each round. It's unfortunate, too, because this is such a great event. It's, it's such a national event. And think about how many fans plan their time around following their team, their schools, to wherever they go in the NCAA tournament. And now they're apparently not going to be able to do that. And, and actually what we're recording right now may be moot by the time it's ready to air because who knows? Things are changing by the minute, really, Bill, aren't they? I mean, the things, the uh, notifications that we're getting are changing minute by minute. Yeah, well, at the start of the day, and, and this stuff came across uh, late afternoon, the Big 12 sent uh, a notification to media that they weren't going to be able to go into the locker rooms. They were going to kind of keep the media away from the players and the coaches. That was the initial step. And then I spoke with people of the Big 12, and I said, are the Sprint Center and Municipal Auditorium, are they doing anything different? We haven't heard anything from from them at all at that point. And then it was really weird in the middle of our segment with, with Brian. I was talking to Brian and then Brian Estridge from right. TCU. And, and then Haney jumps in and says, the NCAA just, that's it. They're, they're cleaning out the fans. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, I it's that. just constantly moving. So who knows by the time you're listening to this podcast, 
uh, so many different things could could change around. Well, and think about the student athlete experience too. I mean, understand fans, and that that's really important. It's very important. But think about the student athletes and these guys who play basketball and work so hard at it, and coaches. That's their livelihood. You know, you want to make the NCAA tournament. You want to be there and hopefully get to the Final Four, but at least experience the uh, best experience you can in the NCAA tournament. And now it looks like it'll be an experience without fans in the stands, kind of like a preseason scrimmage. I mean, exactly. it's very, very strange. Only with the highest possible stakes. You're right. It's going to feel right. like a July pickup game only with all the marbles on the line. Yeah. 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 It's just nuts. Wow. So essential staff will be allowed into the venues, but I'm assuming no cheerleaders, no band, no pep band. Uh, I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be quiet. It's going to be like playing in a just an open gym at, well, and, at, and for, at the Y or something. And for us who do radio broadcasts, I mean, we love that crowd sound, you know, the energy that the, the fans provide. How much of a factor is that going to be? You know, the energy of fans, you know, kind of pushing teams on as they play. It's not going to be there. There are so many things that are like spinning in my head. The first thing that I thought of was a couple of years ago when the Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago White Sox played that game with no fans yeah, and having the, yeah. the riots in Baltimore. But you guys at the scores table, you're there at the bench. I mean, you probably have to watch for language. I don't, I don't you know, coaches, players. <laughs> sure. There might be language that might be coming over. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. <laughs> That's true. Not to mention, for the first time in my four years as voice of the Jayhawks, Bill Self's finally going to hear one of my calls. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be five feet away. He'll hear everything we say. And if he disagrees with Greg Gurley's analysis, he'll turn around and give him a look. On-the-spot critique, right? <laughs> right. Wow. Well, but, but think about that. Imagine Mario's miracle. The shot in 2008, sure. most famous shot in the illustrious history of Kansas basketball. Imagine that call without the roar of the crowd, yeah. without the energy in the building and the Alamo Dome of all the tens of thousands of fans going wild as that shot goes down and history is made. If that happens again, you're going to hear the radio guys, maybe Jim Nance. That's about it. Some, some clapping from the bench and a coach pumping his fist, and that's it. Yeah. Crickets. Wow. That and somebody, somebody says to me, well, you can pump in or you can pipe in crowd sound, fake crowd sound. And I said, yeah, you could, but everybody knows it's fake. You right. know, you, you really can't do that. So right. I, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. Uh, certainly you have to appreciate the NCAA and then whatever the Big 12 does here, you have to appreciate them keeping the, the best interest and the safety of fans and student athletes and coaches and everybody, you know, uh, first and foremost, that is the most important thing. Right. So you have to appreciate that no matter how things might play out. All right. What about this? I'm just I'm spitballing here. What about music? What if they pumped in music? for the guys. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sure. Baylor, or what if one coach says, no, I don't, I don't want music. I don't know. I mean, there's so many yeah. different things that can happen. Baylor practices, when they've got music going most of the time during practice, just to have a little noise, you know, so it's not yeah. dead quiet. So uh, I don't know about you guys at practice. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think typically you have the starting lineups, as you know, in Allen Fieldhouse, because Scott Drew was famous for one time taking his team out <laughs> in the hallway to not see the intro Wait, video. Wait, can I explain that? No, go ahead. No, it was a great move. No. We always applauded for hear. that. He couldn't hear is what it was. He just wanted That's to get out okay. away from it so he could talk to his team. I'm glad we settled this once and oh, for all. Very good, oh, yes. <laughs> Groundbreaking here Groundbreaking. on this podcast. <laughs> but, but the point is, like, like that video is part of our routine. They play that same video here at the Big 12 tournaments. Yeah. And yeah. so will they do that in these NCAA venues, some kind of hype video, some kind of something to make it feel like normal? Yeah. Because otherwise, if the officials come out and everybody shakes hands with the captains and then we toss the ball up in the air, yeah. it really doesn't have any normal. Normalcy to it. I, I would think for 
the, the radio side and TV, I would think you would have to do something like that to at least give the, the fans that are listening to you guys uh, on the radio or if they're watching on TV to have some type of experience because you've got to make it exciting for the fan, too. You would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something like that. And then, then what's the definition of essential personnel? How, how far does that extend? I mean, I would think us doing the team, the official team broadcast, I would think that we'll be okay to do that. But then how far beyond that does it go? And, uh, you know, we may have more people listening than ever before or watching because ones that were in the uh, normally would be in the arena are probably not there. Uh, Let's bring in Tom yeah, Bowman. Yeah, sure. You want to enter? Yeah. What Tom, the, who the hell Tom, is this yeah, voice? Welcome, yeah. Tom. Tom Bowman. Uh, I, I don't even know what your official title is. Uh, Vice President of Broadcast Operations Babysitter. All right. So, <laughs> no, the reason, for the, Learfield, I The reason I'm hopping on, one, yeah. it's a podcast, so this is nice. I can jump in on a podcast and not feel crazy. But So there's a lot of communication going back and forth on, on our side behind the scenes of what do we do? Are we considered essential? And if we're not considered essential, how do we pull this off? Do we consider calling them from video feeds, for instance? And that's going to give us the same feel as if we're in an, a semi-empty arena. And right. even worse, you're going to call it from an office somewhere. You know, maybe in a in a studio, you know, back at your at your schools. Right. Um, you, you have know, an answer on that yet? No, I don't. Okay. I'm just I'm okay. posing gotcha. things. But if you do it that way, then you have to have your pregame interview with Bill Self or Scott Drew over the phone, and you're like taping yeah. it from miles right. and miles away. You right. lose out on so much of the storytelling and the the journalistic aspects that go into breaking down the game before and after, right. let right. alone but, the game call but itself. As broadcasters, who are obviously you know in these sites and around the fans and, and you're in with the fans. You know, with football, you're up in a booth and you're sort of confined away. For basketball, you're right there courtside. you got fans right behind you a lot of times. Does it make you nervous thinking about this? Do you have any hesitation yourselves of, hey, I'm going to go to some venue for the NCAA? Are you concerned? Personally, my biggest concern right now is I think this is Kansas's best chance to hang a sixth banner that we've had in a long time. Now, this is our ninth one seed in 14 years. You're probably thinking, oh, come on. Kansas is the one seed most years. Yeah. This particular team within this specific year, the way they're built defensively, the way they score high percentage buckets around the, the rim and in the paint and all that, we felt for a long time that of all of Bill Self's teams since 2008, this was our best chance. Tom, my biggest concern is we're not going to have a chance to call the game. Right. We're wow. not going to have a chance in a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So it doesn't. You you don't have any concerns about going to one of these venues no. in the next week or so. I really don't. Uh, not, and I don't mean to sound brash or, or whatever, but we've been gearing up for this postseason run for so long now. Think about everything Kansas has gone through away from basketball for the last 18 months. This was supposed to be pardon the pun, our one shining moment. <laughs> yeah. and, and what if the one shining moment has nobody there to see it? Yeah. I think it makes the role of radio all the more important. Absolutely, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you guys play a vital role to it. If there's no, you know what I mean? I mean, you have to be there. Right. I, I don't know. I would think, think so. Administer, give you guys a test. Test you for coronavirus uh, the day before you <laughs> sure. go out there. do that. And you I agree know, with Brian. I, I agree, yeah. Tom, to answer your question. I agree with Brian. I don't have any concerns about that. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, we're just doing our job. We'll take every precaution and maybe extra precautions, maybe more than we normally would, but uh, nothing more than our team or coaches aren't doing. So I feel like uh, I have no concerns about it personally. Yeah, to answer your question. Something for our listeners, and we kind of have to be careful uh, about this. And if I can't talk about this, let me know. But from the the office pool standpoint, 
uh, from a gambling standpoint. <laughs> I'm out on this one. Right. I mean, well, we, we, we all are. I mean, if we work, right, if you work we, for an NCAA institution, which right. I do, mm-hmm. we're right. out completely yeah, on that. We can't so, talk but about I think the, what you're getting at is, does that affect it? Does that affect oh, right, how, how people, right, how people look at these yeah. games? Because there's no doubt in my mind, Kansas and, and, and Baylor had a great season too. But to me, Kansas is head and shoulders above everybody else. And then there's been ups and downs with, with other teams. They've got the top shot, but yeah, I mean, if you're not, if you're not playing uh, in front of a crowd, if, if you know where you wanted to play, it doesn't sure. turn out where you're going. I mean, there's a lot of things that can come into play. So I'm just talking about that from a fan standpoint, and I don't want to go down that that road because that's just kind of dicey for us and sure. in the business that you guys are in. But but for the fans listening to this, though, those are things you, you've got to think about. How how do teams react with nobody around to cheer them on? Well, certainly this weekend it's a factor, and at the time of taping, we don't know what the Big 12 is going to do. But assuming the Big 12 follows suit with what the NC. CAA is set up for next week, then the home court advantage that everybody always gripes about for Kansas and Kansas City, they can't use that excuse this year. Right. And we're not going to be able to use that sixth man this year, which would have been probably 15,000 of the 19,000 wearing crimson and blue for our sessions games. So at least within this weekend, should that be the case, there is a significant effect in losing that sixth man behind you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Let's talk uh, just about your teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and John, I'll, I'll start with you. It seemed, well, since we're on this big white couch, I got, let me let me set the scene for everybody here too. Cause I did it's this a on great the first studio show. you guys yeah. have here. I love it. Tom's uh, Tom, spared no expense. Tom Tom told me he says, "Hey, let's do the the show Big Twelve Championship Week. Let's do it from Sprint Center." He says they've got a couch, and I'm like, "What? what? You were not going to get a couch." I was all excited. I thought, "Well, I'll see it when I believe it." But everything down here in the bowels of the Sprint Center is gray and black. And then tucked in this corner between the, the media workroom and the, the tunnel to lead onto the court is this bright red carpet, this white leather couch, that uh, this big like half circle with yeah. red pillows. And then there's red lights that shine behind us on this white wall. It looks so <laughs> out of place for everything else in here. But I mean, I feel like a big star. Like, I saw this. Like, this is great. I, I texted to my son, Ryan, who you know, yeah. Brian, and I said, check this out. He said, oh, that's awesome. And I said, yeah, I, said, I know. I said, if I tried to set this up on my own, I wouldn't get this far. I said, but Learfield IMG, I said, that name, and, and Tom Bowman, I said, they, they got it done. So, yeah, we're in a, a great situation. So since we're on the couch, sure. let me let me lay back on this couch, and you be the psychiatrist here. Mm. This is how I saw Bailey. They had that, that big winning streak, number one in the country. They, they lost to Kansas, and then they lost a little momentum, and some of the, the steam got let out. And it's, I think it's just human nature where the players are like, everything went. The, the streak went. Number one went. In the last four or five games, they're just trying to muddle their way through and looking big picture beyond. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we have the roles reversed, though. I think we need the psychiatrist. You need to be the psychiatrist <laughs> for us. But, you know, that winning streak, which was historic, 23 straight wins for Baylor. It's the longest winning streak in Big 12 history. Broke the streak of 22 that Kansas had. But, uh, you know, when that streak ends, I think naturally you kind of have your bubble burst a little bit. And then it's how you respond to that. And our bubble was burst by loss to Kansas in the Farrell Center. Great win there. We didn't shoot. Baylor didn't shoot free throws well, but lost the game. Asabuki was tremendous on his way to being Big 12 uh, Player of the Year. So lost that game, 
turned around and won the next game, which was huge over Kansas State, and that was good to rebound and get that win, but then went to Fort Worth and lost to TCU. One thing Baylor did really well, has done well all season, is play good defense, and their scoring defense was top five in the nation most of the year. We gave up 54 points in the second half to TCU and lost that game. So then that's two losses in three games. Turned around, played on Monday night, beat Tech in the Farrell Center on senior night, which was huge, and then went to West Virginia and lost the season finale and again gave up 52 points in the second half to West Virginia. So Baylor at the end of the year lost three of five. But the whole, if you step back and look at the whole season, 26 and four, 15 and three in the Big 12, uh, as many quadrant one wins as any school in the country. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the old body of work uh, is good enough for Baylor to be up there as a number one or possibly a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. So it was a tough end of the season, but the season overall has just been terrific and really historic uh, proportions for Baylor basketball. You can listen to Big 12 this week on a tune-in under College Sports Now, talking with John Morris, the voice of Baylor, and Brian Haney, the voice of Kansas. So as you look ahead, is there a lot of concern with the way that they finished the season moving forward into the tournament, and not, not just the Big 12 tournament, but the NCAA tournament, or can this team turn it back on? You know, I, I tell you what, once we get out of the Big 12 tournament, well, the answer to that question is uh, everybody's tired, you know, and it's how do you respond to that and banged up. Everybody's a little bit banged up also. So how do you respond to that? But after this week, when you go to the NCAA tournament, it's like a breath of fresh air in that you're seeing somebody different. They don't know every set. They don't know every call that you have, you know, like everybody in the Big 12 does when you see everybody twice. Um, so it, it'll be nice. I think it'll be refreshing once we get to the NCAA tournament and start playing somebody different. Yeah. Um, I think Wyatt's got some breaking news. Oh, does he, Brian? Uh, Wyatt Thompson, voice of... Something new? Something new? Any new news? No news. Oh, no, oh no, okay, no. okay. All right. You <laughs> had, newsman Wyatt Thompson, you look like you had some news. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> we'll bring Wyatt back in uh, later, too, on the podcast. And I forgot what I was going to ask you, Brian. Oh, my gosh. How good uh, it always seals our thunder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That happens all the time. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about that as, uh, as a bookie. Yeah, sure. Uh, last last week on the show, uh, I think you guys you guys were starting as, as the show was airing, and I was talking about, boy, I don't know about his ankle. I don't know how much he'll play. Are they going to limit him? All this stuff. And then in the, in the middle of the show, I look, and he was like – Eight of nine or nine of nine, he, you know, and he had, you know, 30 points in the first half, whatever it was. So no uh, issues from him, obviously. He's he's rolling along and uh, in, in good shape. Yeah, on that particular night versus TCU on senior night, he had the finest scoring senior night performance since Danny Manning. And Kansas has won a remarkable oh, 37 consecutive senior nights, which is ridiculous to think about. But this was the best scoring performance since 1988 from the eventual number one overall pick and most outstanding player of the Final Four, Danny Manning. So that was pretty special company for Doak. You know, ankle's fine. He'd be fine all three days should they be lucky enough to play on all three days here in Kansas City. I think the one injury that we're monitoring is the foot arch of Marcus Garrett and he's been able to play through it but some games more so than others you can really see him laboring out there this is the big 12 defensive player of the year this is a guy that could win national defensive player of the year Fran Fraschella has said that about Marcus Garrett his injury is not going to heal unless he just shuts it down for three or four weeks I bring that up 
because what if the NCAA shut down March Madness for three or four weeks? Again, we're talking hypothetically here. What if they postpone things uh. as, as some other leagues are considering doing right now? What other situations around the country, injury situations, you guys, for example, yeah. rest, uh, would be Baylor, great. rest would be huge. You know, and so Kansas is a is a probably 92 percent healthy team right now. That's a weird percentage. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Dotson's got a little bit of a, a gimpy hip issue that goes all the way back to January, but it's not affecting him that much. Yudoka's ankle is fine. Two weeks later, Garrett, though, could vastly improve if he had three or four weeks but you don't have that this time of year unless something wild were to happen with rescheduling so for marcus he's just going to have to decide how much do i really want to push it this week in kansas city i think bill self was tinkering with the notion initially after clinching the the number one overall uh, spot in kansas city and the likely number one overall national seed of maybe resting marcus for thursday but marcus is such a gamer he's such a competitor even if bill went to him and said hey do you want to just sit this one out and come back friday marcus would say are you kidding me of course not yeah. i'm going to be out there so i think for any uh you know type of tweaks that fans are trying to forecast for this this week it's all about load management he might scale Doak's minutes back by five or six he'd do that without the ankle injury just to get rest like John was talking about he's going to do the same with Dotson he'll certainly do the same with Marcus Garrett so for Kansas that means more David McCormick in the post and maybe Silvio De Sosa who would be returning for the first time since the Kansas State incident and then a lot more of Christian Brown and Tristan and Aruna as well as I think probably five to six minutes per game will be scaled off the workload of each of those three guys. Yeah, so how does how does Coach Self and then even Coach Drew, I mean, you kind of know your positions and where you're going to be at in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, what happens if you're scaling back minutes and KU's in the semifinals and they're, they're down uh, with 10 minutes to go in the game? Does, does he go and win that game or does he just stay with his plan? And what's, what's the mindset of coaches in those situations they're still going to go for it but this is a rare year you know typically even when you're a projected one seed like baylor and kansas is it's a matter of who's going to be the number one overall one and that is something to go for nowadays now that you get to pick your regional site yeah well it doesn't matter anymore now the fans aren't going to be there based on the coronavirus mm -hmm. but prior to hearing that news kansas was very much keeping the pedal to the metal and going for it on Saturday in Lubbock, for example. We knew after the West Virginia score went final, and believe me, we knew because Chris Beard ran down the sideline and shook <laughs> Bill Self's hand and said, hey, Baylor lost. You could go easy on us. And Self said, get back to your side of the That's floor great. and hit him on the backside. So we knew. But, but they still kept going for it because, you know what, you wear that Kansas across the chest and, and your name on the back of it, you're playing for a lot of pride there, and you're not just going to lay down at that point. But they also were going for it from the standpoint of having the best possible resume to be the number one overall national seed. This year's a weird year, John uh, and Bill, because Joe Lenardi's gone as far as saying, and I know Jerry Palms backed it up, that Kansas, based on the metrics, this isn't the Kansas guy saying this, but based on strength of schedule, net rankings, all of that, Joe Lenardi said you don't even have to come to Kansas City this week. Just stay home in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. You'll still be the number one overall national seed. Yeah. So it's a weird season in which you don't have to go for it necessarily, but I think our guys want to go for it. <laughs> you were talking about uh, you know maybe a little bit of air coming out of the sales when the historic Baylor streak ended at 23 straight. We're up to 16 right now, and I'm not saying a Friday loss in the semis would affect Kansas and derail them, but... I don't know. There's something to be said about carrying that momentum over, making it 19 straight and then 20 straight. And who knows? Maybe by the time Atlanta rolls around, we can make that Baylor record short-lived. But I, I think they're going to go for it for the pride factors alone. And we got a lot of competitors that if they're going to lace them up any day, anywhere, whether there's 16,000 in the stands or six, 
they want to go out there and win. Well, you know, and that's the thing too, John. I mean, you get guys like me sitting on a couch, and and I kind of take that angle from a, a fan standpoint of how the fans might look at it. But you know, these kids growing up, I mean, and they are kids. I mean, and they and they can handle it. They can handle the workload, and they, you know, they grew up playing AAU ball, but they playing 80 games over the summer, so. Is this really going to wear them down that much? You, you know what I mean? I think this, uh, and I agree with what Brian said, you, maybe you go into a tournament like this with the mindset, we're going to limit the minutes of these guys. we got to get them some rest. we got to have them healthy for the stretch run, which is the NCAA tournament. But then you get in a close game, you know, and, and maybe, uh, you know, if Baylor is is within two points of, of Kansas, maybe it's Baylor and Kansas in the championship game. You're going to take Freddie Gillespie out of the game to give him rest, you know, when it's a right. two-point game? You know, when you, when you get in the heat of the battle, in in the heat of a close game, some of that pregame thinking sort of goes out the window. And I know from Coach Drew and Baylor's perspective, they were very disappointed they didn't win at least to share the Big 12 title this year. You know, with the great season that we had, still finished second to Kansas. He wants to win a Big 12 championship, and that's why you come to Kansas City is you have a chance to win a Big 12 championship. So I think anything that he has to do this week, player-wise, you know, minutes-wise, I think he'll do it to try to win every game they take to the floor. This uh, special Big 12 this week is uh, a podcast, and as I told you, no commercials, but I do have some uh, live reads that I need to uh, mention. So we'll talk about our can't-miss game of the week uh, presented by Tickets for Less, the official ticket marketplace of the Big 12. So the can't-miss game of the week would obviously be, or weekend would be, Baylor against Kansas. So I'll throw a little curveball at you guys. If your team couldn't win this tournament, who has the best chance? Out of, oh, take take these two out of it. The next. Oh, uh, out of so the it other can't be Baylor or right. Kansas. Can't be Baylor or Kansas. Right? Ah, that's a good question. And, and this is interesting because for the first time ever, three, four, five, and six all had the same record. Right. Yeah. Right. So so the difference <laughs> between a third seed and a sixth seed is wild. I mean, it's so minuscule. Yeah. You know, and also the difference between first place and third place was a historically large right. eight games this year, an eight-game gap between the top and then the third place team. So that tells me this thing is anybody's game if Kansas and Baylor go out. Yeah. And you look at motivating factors, despite what they're saying about Texas Tech, I think their metrics are good enough to be in unless they had a bad, ugly loss to Texas on Thursday night. Um, I think the way Chris Beard coaches, the way they play defense, if they could just kind of get back to what we were seeing in early February, uh, they're as good as anybody. You know, before West Virginia started falling like Tom Petty, free-falling that is, <laughs> they, they were looking as good as anybody. They, they, were a, they were a projected two seed at the end of January, yeah. and, and they've got the horses to do it. Texas, up until the Iowa State game, was as hot as any team not named Kansas or Baylor. I don't know that they win this thing. I, I think, honestly, uh, and I don't think Oklahoma does either. I, I, th I think Texas Tech, if they could find a way, and I know that's not the former Tech boy saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying they've got three NBA guys on their roster, and, and they're, they're in a swoon having lost four in a row, but they probably have the most to play for because there's a little bit of urgency factor, I think, in sure. Lubbock. Even though I'm telling you I think their metrics are good enough to be in, I think they feel like, man, if they're looking at our last five games coming in, we've lost four in a row. They're going to play with a fire 
underneath him. Yeah. Maybe a foot up there, you know what, as yeah. well. Because Coach Beard <laughs> is going to expect the most out of his Red Raiders. Yeah, and I don't, I don't disagree with that one bit. I, I agree. Texas Tech is really good. I think there shouldn't be a question about them being in the NCAA right. tournament. But apparently in somebody's mind there is. But And maybe this is recency bias, but I think West Virginia is a team that could win it all. We just saw them Saturday, and, uh, and they played really well against Baylor, especially in the second half. And I know their second half of their conference schedule was not great. But I, I think they've got the horses that could do it. And certainly they've got the coach, you know, in Bob Huggins, you know, that has won a lot of games in March. So I would say watch out for West Virginia here. Yeah, yeah. Those are good answers. Uh, when they let you back into games, <laughs> then go to Tickets for Less, the official ticket marketplace <laughs> of the Big 12. Uh, great deals. Use the discount code Big12Radio at ticketsforless.com. That's our Big 12 can't miss uh, game of the week segment. So uh, we've got Tony Caridi from West Virginia. And Jeff, this is now, did you guys just pick West Virginia and Texas Tech because their play by play guys no. were standing right we? here? We did not. No, <laughs> we didn't. He didn't even hear what I said. Jeff Haxton from Texas Tech and Tony Caridi from West Virginia. It is a good segue, though, it isn't it? It's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You guys are outstanding. I mean, you, guys are, you guys are always on. We appreciate you, Bill. We yeah. enjoy the show and the way you, uh, you know, give access to the Big 12 and coverage of all the great things we have going on. So we really appreciate that. Well, and certainly Learfield IMG College and. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you guys have been great. Because uh, I, I, what I wanted to do with this show was really highlight you guys and your your great calls. And, and you know, I reach out to you guys all the time. Hey, can I have you on the show this week? And you, get, you guys are always. It's great. Yeah, always making time. So I, I really appreciate and it. And we appreciate Tom Bowman and Chris Ferris picking up our dinners the other night. That was really, really kind. And uh, <laughs> just great. can't yeah. say thanks enough for that. Well, and we put Wyatt Thompson on the spot because uh, he was on a, a conference call and I happened to walk into Tom's office. Yeah. And Tom says, hey, could we bring Bill along to your uh, to your event? You know, actually, well, I'll talk about that with these guys, too, because I want to get them on. But but you guys, meaning the, the Big 12 announcers, get together every year before the tournament. It's really fun for us. It is. It really is. And I don't know how many other leagues do that, but we, uh, you know, this shouldn't be shocking news, but we all get along. We all kind of, we are all are doing the same thing. We love to compare stories. We love to visit with each other. And really here in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament on a Tuesday night before the games begin on Wednesday is really the only time of the year that we can get all of us together. And this year, this year we had nine of the ten, and Toby Rowland was the only one missing, and he's recovering from back surgery, or he would have been here. So it really is fun. I know we all respect each other and the work that everybody does representing their respective schools. And there's just a real camaraderie in the Big 12 that I think, you know, that, that is among us, but really among all the schools, very collegial toward each other. And it, it's fun to be a part of. It really is. Yeah, it was a great night. So, yeah, a few weeks ago, we were on the phone with, with Wyatt in Tom's office, and Tom says, hey, do you think, you know, Bill could come along? Wyatt's like, uh, 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 I mean, put him on the spot. You know, oh, yeah, sure, bring him along, yeah. So I weaseled my way into your dinner last night. And Absolutely. Yes. No, we're glad you were there. So it was, it was great. great. It's fun. Yeah, it's finally great it to fun. meet everyone, and yeah. it's outstanding. So, all right, uh, while you guys switch out your headsets, we'll get Jeff Haxton and Tony Caridi with us here uh, on this edition, a special edition of the Big 12 this week. I will uh, – <laughs> <laughs> These guys are settling in. Um, i, I got to go through another live read here. Big 12 this week can be heard on the Big 12 channel on Sirius XM. Uh, Tom Bowman was supposed to be controlling the microphones. Listen to all that cl clutter and cl clacking around. What, what, it's a podcast. What did you want? This is live. This is literally. Well, I mean, still sound professional. We are literally about it, live to tape. <laughs> and, you know, this is there's no commercials in this. So this is real life. And in real life. 
Guys get up off the couch yep. and they exchange the headsets. What do you What do you want? You want us to be all polished well, and on, let cool? Me go, well, let me get a bag of chips too. I'll eat some chips while I mean, I'm you're sitting there with an RC <laughs> cola in your chips. hand. And, no, it's it's like hard it, for radio guys to go into the podcast space because those are the things I that know. drive us crazy. We're but so then, polished. But right. when you get into a podcast, you go, Hey, wait a second, I can actually sniffle. Yeah. yeah, I can uh, I can move my mic screen. I can do all that kind of stuff, and yeah. it's and it's acceptable. In fact, it's uh, it's praised. It's yeah, yeah I mean, I, well, I'm old school. I don't like it. I don't. Do you want to just start over? <laughs> Three, two, one. Yeah. Caridian, you you interrupted our uh, barbecue conversation. Yeah, he's uh, got some big barbecue plans tonight. Oh, he had oh. he had barbecue plans earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went earlier today with him, and I had to uh, I had to. It's him and Estridge. Yeah. Sorry. And so what I did was yeah, you took me out that first. I was gonna say we had we've we've it's the I, worst crab cake I've ever had in my entire I life. I tried the service was bad too. <laughs> we won't even mention that place. I tried to come to this tournament to see the guys who aren't on the air, and to spread a little love and maybe do a little lunch or maybe some dinner, or some drinks or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we did. We had some great. Uh, Very we good. went to went to Smoking Guns today. Smoking Guns. Yeah. North north of downtown in kind of a warehousey district. And uh, there's a lot of those here. I, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I believe the uh, the illustrious Tony Caridi had a smoked cheeseburger. Yeah, it was very good. Wow. Estridge had some smoked chicken and I had the signature dish from Smoking Guns, burnt ends. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. yeah, that's that's why I, that's the only thing I'll eat in Kansas City is the burnt ends. Yeah, you can't do brisket in Kansas City because no one knows how to cut it. They cut it like roast beef. <laughs> they cut it thin. <laughs> yeah. and that's how you hide it's it. You, you cut it thin thing. and you put it in sauce. Yeah. That's how you hide a bad cook. There's yeah. bad yeah. barbecue in Kansas City, too. There's bad barbecue really everywhere. Is there such a thing as yeah. bad barbecue? There very yeah. much is, and it's yeah. close to this place yeah. right here. All right, so Jeff Haxton, <laughs> the uh, voice of Texas Tech, what is your go-to barbecue place here? Uh, definitely Jack Stack, which is down in the plaza. Uh, that is kind of a snobby barbecue place. It's clean, you know. It's weird a little bit. It's 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 kind of upscale. And then Q39 is a close second. Yeah. And then then you get into your Arthur Bryant's and stuff like that. But I like Jack Stack for the burn ends, and I just I I won't apologize for it. It's it's fantastic. Uh, I, I think the place to go though, and and none of these guys are sponsors. Remind you, this is just us right, yeah, spending just, our own money and eating it. Yeah. Q39, which is just, just south said. of here. Did you yeah, say Q39? Said, yeah, that's my yeah, second oh, I was answering an email from my yeah. boss. I'm yeah, sorry. No, yeah, we got that you put Q39. You put Jack Stacks over Q39. Just because the burn ends and probably a little bit of, uh, huh. I don't know. Romantic stuff. I feel like I have to move the ago. let me let me move the table for Caridi because he got all like That's super good. casual. Oh, Look at this. Over there. That's good. Um, Q39's really? money. Q39 has pork belly corn dogs. Oh wow. Yeah. You guys failed to mention Joe's though. To me, Joe's. That's what I was going with. Yeah, Joe's. But they don't know who they are anymore. There was Kansas Oklahoma, City Joe's, Kansas Oklahoma City. Joe's. Who what cares? Who cares about the name? You know what impresses it's me fine. is that place is lined out the door at that gas station. And they don't write your order down. You you get in line. You tell them what you want, and and the woman repeats it. And she says to the next guy, he repeats it. And man, it's never wrong. It's always right. That's it's part hmm. of it. It's part of the the whole Taste feel and the atmosphere yeah. of it. Yeah. Hmm. And the, the food is delicious. So what's yeah. the go-to spot in Morgantown, Caridi? Mm. Um, I don't think that overall Morgantown is a great food place. And it's unfortunate because I'm a huge food person. Um, but for the most part, uh, it's, it, there's nothing that makes me want to just absolutely run on my knees to go get it. Sounds, it sounds like Stillwater a lot. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't know, but no. Stillwater's got hideaway pizza, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that makes Eskimo you Eskimo Joe's. There's a couple of places. I mean, you, you go to Joe's to get the Kerr's Light and <laughs> get hammered. That's what you go for. That's what I go for. You mean me personally? You would go yeah. for there, yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah. Cheese fries. Yeah. What about Lubbock? Lubbock is growing, and there's a ton of new places. But, um, like, not, not one that just, like, stands out. I get, you know, Kegel Steakhouse was the place way out west on the ranches there where you had to go out into the country to get to it. But, uh, you know, one guy is great for a uh, little calzone, which Caridi would probably laugh at. But for me, it's good. And um, there's, there's some good local Mexican places there as well. So it, it, it's a fat town, which makes me I'm good there. Yeah. So. Welcome to Food Talk. Yeah. Coach uh, Big 12. Chris Beard had a funny story when he was here in Kansas City in October for the Big 12 Media Days. And he was talking about how uh, last year during the year he – Always go. He'd always go and get a breakfast burrito, and yeah. they would charge him extra charge him for, for the, the salsa. Yeah, yeah, charge him for the salsa. He probably says the yeah. story over and over. It's just great how, as the team was winning and getting more successful, they started slipping him the salsa. Free salsa. The, yeah. <laughs> Finally got free salsa. Let yeah. me tell you something. In Lubbock, the old Pancake House, which is not far from the Elegante Hotel. Right across the street. Right across the street. The Pancake House is a piece of Americana. And you go there about 6 o'clock in the morning, and they have that U-shaped counter. Mm. And there are real cowboys and dudes that are there every single morning. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So I love that. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, let's assess your teams here at the Big 12 tournament. Um, we were talking to Brian Haney and John Morris, and they like both of your teams. If one of those teams, I, I told them they had to pick someone other than Kansas and Baylor to win this thing. And they both said West Virginia or Texas Tech are the two teams that, that kind of scare them or they're most impressed with. Uh, Tony, I'll just start with you. A lot of promise early in the season, and then they, they hit that, that down, downslide. Right. And listening to Bob Huggins during the year, it sounded like he was losing a connection with the, and But he's very honest, too. And, and maybe coaches go through this, and we just don't hear about it. But it felt like there was a disconnect, like they weren't getting the message and now the last couple of games, it's kind of right. it's kind of clicked. What what happened? I think several different things. Firstly, I think they're young. Um, they are out of there's 353 teams in the country, and West Virginia is like 278 in overall youth. They're the youngest team in the Big 12, and so I think that everything that went on in the course and goes on in the course of a season was happening for the first time to these guys. And so I think for the younger guys, they were saying, "Oh, I don't, I didn't understand, or I don't." get it and then for the guys that are quote unquote the experienced guys they're sophomores now we're talking about the Emmett Matthews of the world Jordan McCabe and uh, Jermaine Haley is just in his second year in the program so I think there was that I think also that we've struggled uh, trying to figure out how to play two bigs uh, not many teams in, in the country really have two That's true two five men type guys like West Virginia does and Oscar Shibway and Derek Culver and I think that we became extremely myopic in our offense and that everything had to go inside first and it became counterproductive because Derek Culver um, started to struggle especially at the foul line and so it became a net return for a defense to foul him he was either going to come away maybe with one point off a free throw or no points off of a free throw and so I think uh, three games ago two games ago uh, Iowa State game they started to make the transition and they said okay we're going to go with more shooters on the floor. 
become less focused, so to speak, that everything has to initiate at the post. And as a result of that, I think everyone started to play better. Um, and as a result, you wanted Iowa State. It was a good win because you were up at halftime, then lost the lead, then came back and won. So I thought that was a milestone for a young team to learn how to win coming from behind on the road. And then last Saturday against Baylor, um, they got after it. It was a wonderful crowd, and they, they fed off the energy of the crowd, and they really defended. So it leads us to now, and I don't know exactly how they will respond um, in this event, but they are extremely confident. They're back to where they were in November, December, January when they were feeling good about themselves. And uh, now we'll have to wait and see. This tournament's been good for West Virginia. They've made it to the semis four straight years. They've played in the, yeah, uh, tough here. Really played tough. In the championship three of the last five. So they have played well. But again, every day with this team because of its youth is we'll have to wait and see. It's almost like a, a silver lining that Culver was struggling at the free throw line because it kind of forced them to do something different and maybe learn a little bit about themselves as a, a team and, and players individually. Yeah, it's a real catch-22 because he is so good. Yeah. I mean, he basically averages a double-double. Hmm. But that doggone foul line has just been his nemesis. It was amazing because he struggled last season. He was under 60%. At the start of this year, guys, in November, early in November, early in the season, he was shooting like 86% from the foul line. And you went like... Whoa, he, he, whatever happened, he figured it out. And then for so whatever reason. So it's truly reason, mental for him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. truly is. And then he just went straight down. So right now he comes into this tournament averaging under 50% in Big 12 games mm. from the free throw line. You just can't have that. Meanwhile, Oscar Shibway um, has made uh, like 13 out of his last 14 or 15 at the foul line. He's making his free throws. And so uh, he's, become, uh, he's become a guy you can depend on. Tony, I think it's also a, a testimony to the overall coaching depth in this league that eventually – Hug's going to figure it out. He's going to find it, unless it's just, you know, one of those years. And I think teams, except for just a few, run through that. You saw it in Stillwater. And the only reason that I thought of this was because it, it's flipped. Oklahoma State finally started running some things through the post, where for the longest time they were yeah. cross half court and chuck it. Yes. And that wasn't working. And it took them a while to figure it out. But, you know, when they started getting better, they got 100% healthy. They got a healthy ice. And they started running some things through the post, and it just kind of changed the entire way they played. And you guys, you're saying, changed a little bit about the way that you play. And, again, that's that coaching depth, I think, and that leadership. And I've always wondered this. When those freshmen, those guys that are first-year guys in Morgantown, when they get off the plane in Lubbock, do they feel like they've – They've gotten off the plane in Mars. I mean, like, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be just Lubbock. I mean, because all of your flights are long. How much does that slow them down? Do I think, think? The, uh, you mean the travel? The travel for the, for the young guys. I would okay. imagine the older guys are, are more adapt, so, adept. So here's my thought. I, I go counter to what the general uh, belief is. That's why I asked you. Yeah, so we probably, I mean, I think we travel. We're probably the number one traveling team in the country, mileage-wise or whatever it is. However, howsomever. Here's the deal, man. So we get on a plane at 5 o'clock the day before a game. We fly to wherever we're going. We fly as nice of a plane as you can fly, right? Same plane the NBA teams use. It's first-class seats for the whole thing. So you're on the plane. Now, whether that's a 90-minute flight or when you go to Lubbock, if the wind's blowing, like uh, it could be three. Yeah, it could be 345, four hours. So you're sitting in an airplane seat rather than in your hotel room, okay? So not a huge difference. The game's over. You eat. You recline your seat, 
you got the wind at your back because now you're going west to east and you can make it back from Lubbock in three hours. And you only have to do that. That's amazing. You only have to do that once. And if you really break it down, you probably have to do it four times in conference play in the middle of the week. Now, it's throw away the weekend. Sometimes you have to play on the weekends, but so what? You're getting home Sunday morning at whatever it might be. So my point to all that is if you make it a big deal, it's going to be a big deal. Mm. And the other part of that is this. In the old days, when we were in the Atlantic 10 Conference, every game, road game, was three days. You left the day before the game, you played the game, you went back to your hotel, you ate, you went to bed, you got up the next morning, you went to the airport, and you flew commercial back home. That was three days. Yeah. Our road trips are basically 28 hours, 28, 29 hours. So if you just put that at the start of the season, okay, okay, man, here, here's what we're going to have. We're going to play nine road games in the Big 12 Conference. Twice we're going to go out on the road, and we're going to play two at the same time. So really we're only going to make seven trips. Now we're down to seven. And among those seven, only three are going to be in the middle of the week. So we're going to get home Thursday morning sometimes at 5 in the morning, 4.30 or 5 in the morning. That's just going to happen three times. Deal with it. Now, all these guys want to play in the NBA. What's the NBA players do? Coast to coast. Yeah, coast to coast, right, yeah. back and forth, back-to-back games. You know, that's what you want. I think about that a lot. Do it. That's great. That's a that's Hugs' big that's thing. That's a great spin. Hugs' big yeah. thing to these guys all the time is this. You know, when they start, oh, I'm tired. Like we played, I forget where we were. One of our kids told Hugs at Kansas State this year, very unfortunately, he said, I'm tired. Well, that was about the worst thing you could ever oh, say boy. to him. <laughs> so he said, he gets in there and says, guys, do you know how many games an NBA team plays? They'll play 82. Now, if they make it to the postseason, you count their exhibition games. He said there are 110, 115 games. Mm, mm. And you guys are t you guys are saying 31 games in, we're tired or whatever. And you're here and because you want to be in the play. NBA. Yeah. So he, if you use it the right way, that's a long answer to your short question. If you use it the right way, it doesn't become an excuse. It becomes, hey, that's who we are. That's what we do. Yeah. Hey, it's interesting that you bring that up because for a six-year span, when I was at Oral Roberts, I would leave on a Wednesday on the bus play Thursday with the men, stay the night, go Friday to the next spot, Saturday doubleheader. Sunday the men would get to go home through commercial or on the bus. Then I would go back with the women to where we originated the road trip, call a game on Monday, and come home on Tuesday. I was gone for six days, a whack for six years. And the reason I took the Texas Tech job was because of the travel, period. I mean, getting to hang out with you boys in the Big 12 is fun, but also getting home when you're talking sure. about is awesome. When you got kids, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's huge. That's Jeff Haxton, the voice of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Natural Light Seltzer, the official hard seltzer of the Big 12 Conference. Get you some Aloha, Aloha Beaches, Aloha, baby. you got to say it, Aloha Beaches. Oh, I don't think so. Can you try that? Who can do that better? Have you been pounding those? Hey, have you been pounding those cards on your broadcast? We don't have them. Oh, we do. I mean, no. we pound us some Natty Light Seltzer, but yeah. we got about five reads a game. And Natty, we don't have them, but I want them. <laughs> Aloha I want beaches them to say. I want to say Aloha beaches. Yeah, and then uh, it's funny to hear Dave Hunziker say Aloha beaches. <laughs> I need. That's what I need to do. I need to have each of these guys cut that for me, and then each way I'll just rotate those. So, yeah, once every ten weeks we get, uh, you know, Tony or Jeff going Aloha Beaches. <laughs> Michael Dean from OU. <laughs> All right. So anyway, this basketball season, Natty Light Seltzer is crashing the party hard. All right. Um, what do you guys make of this? No fans in the arena. I wanted to get everyone's uh, opinions and, and thoughts on this. And Tony, I want to listen to your answer. How it affects teams. And so my thought is this. 
in no way, shape, or form am I going to make any kind of a statement or an opinion as to what's right or what's wrong because it's so far out of my league. Yep. I just yeah. think from a fan pers or from a from just the whole perspective, it's obviously it's incredibly unfortunate because we begin this ride in October when practice starts with one shining light, right? That everyone wants to they want to touch the light, which is the NCAA tournament. It's the players, it's the teams, and obviously it's the fans. And so for the first time ever, uh, unfortunately, it looks like, you know, it's going to be, uh, obviously, it's going to be weird. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. Um, you just certainly hope that the bigger picture is that this horrible uh, potential of infection and this, uh, of, this, of this illness, you know, is quelled and everything gets back. Guys, time yeah. never stops. That's the one thing. One year from right now, we're going to be sitting here. It's going to be the same carpet, the same couch. This tournament's going to go, and we'll be back on schedule. But unfortunately, sometimes you have to step back and let safety take over, and you just kind of deal with it. But it's it's weird. It's weird and unfortunate. Yeah. I, yeah. I think about 13, 12, 11-year-old me when Dad came home one day and said, uh, hey, get your stuff ready. We're, we're taking the family to St. Louis, and we're going to watch – the round of 16 and the round of eight. And uh, OU and Michigan State are going to be there. And um, Miami of Ohio was there. And it was the TWA Dome, I think, still then. You know, and we're, we're, we're sitting on the moon. We are way up there. But those were memories that I cherished. You know, being from, I went to a small high school, graduated with 30 people. And um, got to see all the OSU stuff, living in Stillwater. But this was big. This was the NCAA tournament. There's going to be some kiddos that don't get to have that experience, and that kind of that saddens me. And when I heard it, I felt overall depression. Just I, hey, it might be the exact right move to make. Probably is. I don't know. Like Tony said, no room to say what's right, what's wrong. We're we're going to t follow directions, but I'm just really depressed because of what it means to the people that uh, invest their time, their travel, their money. I mean. Like you said, time never stops, and neither does it for the the fan that's going to go or wanted to go to Spokane. So um, it's just an interesting time. It feels like the earth is shaking, tremoring right now, uh, and I think it's it's there's a lot of it because we're so attached to social media and have such access that we can get the the latest breaking news like that. So you're never off of it, right? You're addicted to it because it's part of, part of our jobs to know what's going on. There's a lot of time, but I just want to disconnect, you know, just say, I just don't want to look at this anymore. But then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do my job good enough. I've got to be in it. I've got to be looking at it. And so I'm not, I'm snaking through the question as well. Just overall, just pretty down about it when um, there's not going to be in empty arenas. Think about that. I mean, the fine, you know, the first four is Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. In Dayton. Dayton. Yeah. And the uh, and Ohio governor. Put the and that's not, on that, yeah. Yeah, that's not very long from now, and yeah. we're going to see empty arenas. It's it's interesting, and we could be rolling in there too, Tony, if we win. Yeah, we, I mean, we beat Texas. Well, this event here, I mean, we're going to play as we record. We're going to play two games tonight, right? Yeah, right. Tomorrow, is there a guarantee that there's going to be fans there? Who knows? Right. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's fluid. It's hard yeah. to say because I mean, there are fans. As, as I look through the tunnel, I mean, there are fans in the building as we speak. Yeah. So we know tonight. Tonight, but yeah. But what's the difference between tonight and tomorrow? Well, maybe. And so. there's some yeah. thought. Who knows? For me, like, if you were going to say no fans, wouldn't you have started it now? But also, with as fast as this thing is moving, as far as perception and the way that it's being consumed, I could see them saying, "Hey, 
we're locking the doors to the fans tomorrow. It's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Sorry. I could see that happening. I, and, you know, I see some of these journalists, some of these TV folks running around. I'm like, what? What's going on? What's happened now? You know. Well, if Ugh. you go, if you go back, uh, our because uh, here at uh, Sprint Center, in Kansas City, this is our second Big Twelve this week show. The the first one, the original show. Uh, if you go back and listen to it on our podcast, and you go to Apple, Google, uh, Big12Sports.com, you subscribe and download the podcast. Is there different information on there? Well, we were talking with Brian Haney, and uh, and I can't remember who else was was with him at the time. Mm. Uh, uh, Brian Estridge mm. and. Brian Haney's looking at his phone. He's like, hey, hold on. He goes, the NCAA just yeah. So, I mean, it happened while we were doing the show. It was pretty interesting. So if you want to go back and listen to that show. My snarky tweet was, I'll, I guess, if we make the NCAA tournament, I'll just leave the crowd mic at home. Yeah. That's my snarky <laughs> tweet. Still plug into the effects, you know, but there's not going to be any crowd. So. No. Well, yeah. it's probably the right move. But what concerns me, though, is you set that precedent, and then what's, you know, down the, down the road, what is the the thing that's going to happen where they're like, well, let's just let's just close everything off again? I mean, it's it's a slippery slope, but yeah, I mean, we'll just I have to see how this plays out. So, yeah, it, yeah. So, all right. Interesting situation. Something yeah. we've never really been through. I don't think. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining me, Tony Caridi and Jeff Haxton. Appreciate thank you, you uh, wrapping Mr. up. Mr. Bill, this thank you. Yeah. Yep. TB Tom Bowman. King of barbecue. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, setting I'm everything sampling. up. Time. Yeah, I'm you did a great job. Yet. No, I, oh. listen, I appreciate you getting the, the couch. You came through. You, you Dude, told I told you yeah. two weeks ago. There's a couch. No yeah. one believes me. <laughs> On the this red couch, carpet. This <laughs> couch has not moved for at least four or five years. This used to have like a social media podium. Yeah, right, it did. All sorts of other crap. There used to be a big sprint that. sign yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah. And I just think they're too lazy to move it. So, yeah. like, I came here for a Foo Fighters concert hoping I could walk down this <laughs> tunnel and it would still be here. I want my couch. I know. Where's the couch? Can I sit back with the foos on this couch? I, I thought that could happen. Yeah, this is, I know. You know maybe this maybe is you're sitting right where Dave Grohl had a break uh, before he went back out to the stage. Went all over the, the place. stories that this couch could tell. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. On that note. Uh, on that note, let's wrap this thing <laughs> up. Yeah. All right. So thanks to uh, all of my guests. Thanks, and uh, we will talk to you soon. This is Big 12 This Week from Learfield IMG College. On the Big 12 Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, Big 12 This Week has been brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, official sporting goods and outdoor retailer of the Big 12 Conference. Prime Sport, the go-to source for your premium game day experience at the Big 12 Men's Basketball Championships. Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. Phillips 66, live to the full and by Natty Light Seltzer. This basketball season, Natty Light Seltzer is crashing the party hard. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Big 12 Sports Network. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.